for another Agogi podcast, and uh, today's going to be a fun one because we're going to, you know, first few episodes we're kind of taking trips down memory lane, and so we've got uh, Logan Neal, Dalton Smith, and Mike Griffin sitting in here. We're going to go over, you know, some of the early days of Agogi, and, and then also the great thing is these guys were here for the first MMA fight, the two guys that fought on the first card with us, as Agogi. We, you know, we had MMA fights, but that was the first really under the Agogi banner, and they're still with us. So that's the coolest part to me is that, you know, you guys still around. So, guys, uh, Dalton, go ahead and introduce yourself, and, and then we'll go to Logan. Well, I've been here. I've, where was that wreck we went to? Lowell Green? Yeah. That's where y'all was at? It's like a 10 by 10 building yeah, that's with probably puzzle that. mats. <laughs> and uh, I was still in high school, and I wrestled in high school, and I would come to y'all to wrestle. And uh, me and a boy uh, – Sam Lemons was there, and he actually got knocked out on those puzzle mats by Eric. Pretty bad. One of the worst knockouts <laughs> I've ever seen. And uh, so I, that's where I finally met y'all, where y'all did grappling. And then after high school, I was 19 years old, and that's when I came to y'all at Fred's. Yeah. yeah. Logan? Yeah, man. I mean, I guess I started with y'all when I was like 15. Uh, like I said, uh, I started training with Brandon Broom, so I'm just in his backyard. He was like neighbors with my granddad, and then got introduced to you guys shortly after that. Yeah, Brandon trained with us, you know, for a long time back in the day. Yeah, yeah, he had two sons, or like stepsons at that time. And uh, like I said, we we would do it in the backyard. That's where I met Chance and uh, Jared Marsh and Andrew Gilbert and all them. And, uh, man, seen y'all's ad in the newspaper one time and just like showed up. Yeah, and you guys, uh, I mean, I remember you as kids, and it, it's kind of funny that now you're – Grown adults. How old are you now, Dalton? I'm 27. And Logan, you're 29. Yeah, I'll be 30 in June. Yeah, so, you know, you were 15 and, you know, 17, 18, 19 when you guys were around. And I, I'm kind of curious, what were you guys thinking of, of us back then? Because, to be honest, I never thought about it until we started talking about doing a podcast. Well, my dad owned a gym up on the hill behind the post office. Mm-hmm. And... And your dad is one of the biggest human beings yeah, he's on huge. the planet. <laughs> yeah. He's huge. Still is. He's yeah. 57 years old. Um, but he owned a gym, and Stacy would go up there. We had, like, a little upstairs for a spin class, and Stacy would put, like, puzzle mats in a bathroom. The bathroom wasn't that big. Yeah. Maybe about, like, a 5 by 8 bathroom. And they would roll in that bathroom, and I always thought it was cool. And then Tommy Peppers, he uh, owned a building behind it, and they actually put a wrestling mat back there. And they would just go back there and beat the crap out of each other. And I always thought it was cool because that's all we did. That's all yeah. we watched, you know. So, it was awesome. Logan, what was it like walking in for the first time? And, and you know, what did you think of the guys there? Because it was kind of a rough group. Yeah, I mean, it was mainly uh, – I say that. I mean, we were a tough group. Really? I think it was uh, you, Caleb Harshorn, uh, Stacy, and uh, I think Larry started – Shortly after, right? What, what Larry was, was in it? right around that time. Yeah, we were starting. It was like because I remember y'all talking about we yeah, were going to start a stand up class, yeah. and 
I mean, it was pretty much all adults, and I was like the youngest kid yeah, in there. Was. And uh, like I said, I mean, it was just wild to me because I was like, dang, what am I going to do with these guys, you know? <laughs> um, but Let you, me ask you. You were the first one to work with me, I think. Yeah, yeah. Took I, me to the corner of the mat and was like, showed me like three points of contact all the time or something like that. I can't remember what you said. Yeah, I had my little spill because – you know, our goal was kind of get you on the mat as soon as possible and just have rolling partners. So, you know, they'd walk in, I'd give them a little, hey, here's here's the basics, <laughs> hop on the mat. Let's Slap see how bump roll. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so one of the earliest, you know, I remember you guys coming up training, but one of the big events and the main thing, reason we're here is the first MMA fights that night. And I remember doing the camp and uh, all – but what was y'all's memory of that, and, and what made you want to fight? What were your goals when you decided to fight? Because I'm sure they've changed from the time you guys got in this to now. Uh, for sure. I remember talking to Logan about this not too long ago. Um, I think we trained for eight weeks. <laughs> we had a legit. No fighting. I knew nothing about stand-up. Logan did a little bit of boxing before. But I had like eight weeks of stand-up training. That was it. And then I think six months of jiu-jitsu. Yeah. That was it. And uh, it was awesome. I mean, my mindset back then was a lot different than now because of work and stuff. But, And I worked then, too. But fighting was something I wanted to do. And y'all really didn't want us to fight. Y'all was just like, hey, let's just train jiu-jitsu and do jiu-jitsu only. And uh, I don't know. It's, it was fun. We had Larry there. Um, Larry was awesome. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, you know, look, Larry and Stacy. not that Larry hasn't always been just – a sweet guy, but they were a lot rougher. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, so they were a lot rougher. Me and Logan would have like all out wars in Larry's garage. Larry had wrestling mats in his garage, and that's where we would spar before we would go to jujitsu class. And uh, Larry would spar with us, and he would let us beat him up. And I'm like, dude, I'm putting it on Larry. And then, like, if I catch him or something, if I let my hands down, he would hit me, and it would rock me. Oh yeah, <laughs> like Larry hits hard. <laughs> But he was just such a great coach. He would let you work on him. Yeah, one of the – you know, that was one of our big issues for Adam Krav is because used to – and Larry teaches Muay Thai a little differently now. But used to – he did every round, and most of it was, hey, hit me, <laughs> and then we'll see how, how you're doing. That's a rough way to yeah, teach he's class. he's a tough but man. But he is a – honestly, one of the toughest human beings I've ever met. And that says a lot, I think, considering the guys I've met. Logan, what, what about you? Like, obviously, fighting kind of – caught a hold of you because you've kept doing it but what were your first thoughts and what was that first camp like yeah I mean uh I had wanted to fight when we were in the little corner gym down on the fet and it, it shut down um so uh I remember like we moved off for a little while and came back and I'd started boxing for a little bit and uh I had went up to like Ben Kiker's gym one night and done some kickboxing and uh I can remember getting kicked again I was like man I used to do this stuff and uh anyway fast forward a little bit a little bit later down the road, I came back to uh, Rock Springs. Y'all were in Rock Springs at that point. And uh, I can remember I'd been training for, like, a couple of weeks. Um, and I remember Dalton saying, like, yeah, I got an MMA fight. You talked to Hank. Hank had right. Hank was supposed to fight. Yep. And I was like, well, dang, man, I want I want to fight. And uh, I think I asked you guys, and y'all were like, if, if, if you can get it, let's do it. And uh, I remember Hank messaged me on Messenger and was like, hey, I got I got you a fight. Talk to Tim Moy and um, – yeah, I mean, that first camp was rough, man. I mean, it was like had not really done any jiu-jitsu or anything for a couple of years at that point. And, 
like Dalton said, we we would just beat the hell out of each other. Well, Larry drunk. Larry trained us like yeah, Larry Larry like we we were pros already, you know, and yeah, uh, that's we probably running. the best camp I've ever had in my life. I just didn't know anything. Yeah, yeah, we were. I mean, Larry would make us run laps around his neighborhood and go up and downhill sprints, and uh, he would have full blown circuits like on the speed bag, jump rope, uh, hitting the tire with a hammer. That's right. I mean, it was. That that first camp was hell, but he he trained us like professionals, even though we weren't professional. He he treated us like we were, and uh, Larry's always been great about making you feel like like you are something, you matter, you know. So um, yeah, man. I mean, that first camp was great, it, and, and Larry I think helped develop a certain mindset at that point. Yeah, and I remember going into that. I mean, not that I didn't feel confident about Logan, but you hadn't been there as long. No, I mean, I thought. And Dalton, everybody knows, in a room is a killer. And in a cage is a killer, but he had a tougher opponent. So, let's go over that night because, you know, you you ended up taking a, a tough loss. You ended up taking kind of an easy kind of win. An easy win, yeah. And I kind of wonder how that that kind of changed your mindset on fighting because, you know, you, did, you went – you always had fiber. So, like, you know, we should tell people, you've got a really good job. You've done really well. Right. I'm proud of you. So, you've always had this pull of, man, I can make this money. And so, that's that's a real attractive pull for a young guy in addition to fighting. But, Dalton, how do you think that night went? What are, what are your memories of that night? And, you know, how do you think it impacted? Well, I was supposed to fight a different opponent. Yeah. And then, like, two days before weigh-ins – I get a message from Tim Lloyd, and Tim Lloyd goes, hey, your opponent got a cut on his eye, but his teammate said he'll fight you. That's crazy that his teammate's on weight. Yeah. And come to find out his teammate was – he was the lightweight champion at the time and was going pro. You know, he gave it – he vacated the belt, and he was going pro. And uh, me being young and dumb, I took it. Larry's like, I don't think you should take it. I think you should take a, another opponent who's starting out. And I was like, no, I'm tough. I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, so we took it. And, you know, losing like that, it sucked because I lost like that in front of. Walk us through the fight. Yeah, this has been a long time. <laughs> yeah, this has been a long time. Um, well, the fight starts, and I feel great. And I'm hitting them. I feel good. And my natural instinct is to take them down wrestling. Well, Nick's probably, what, 6'2". So I take him down and I'm in his guard like like an idiot, right? Yes. Matt says, "Don't ever stay in his guard." And um, I'm hitting him. I'm all I can think about is I'm tearing his face off. I don't think about hey, anything else. Look, and, the guy uh, was a champion. The guy had vacated. <laughs> you walked out and started putting it on him from the second the bell rang. That's my memory of it. Hit me with a legal knee too. It didn't hurt, but it did get in my eye. <laughs> But uh, other than that, it felt great other than just trying to tear his face off inside of his guard. And I got caught with a straight arm bar. Yep. And uh, he, he I was pulled a purple a, belt. He was time. a purple belt at the time, and I tried to pull away instead of, like, I forgot all my jiu-jitsu. Well, you're so young. Six months and, into, yeah. you know, training. So. Yeah. And I remember, I mean, like I said, I remember telling you clear as day, hey, this fight's going to come down to – do you end up in his guard or not? You're going to have to fight to get to half. He's going to be fighting to get you in guard. That's right, and I did not listen. And I really, you know, don't know how I knew that, but that's what I felt. Because I just felt like at purple belt, the only way he could beat you was in his guard. 
you know, things work out. And that was a tough loss, and it was one of those that taught me a big lesson because of how talented you were coming in. And then, you know, it took a little of the fire out of your, your want to fight. And, you know, it taught us to, to be, I guess, more direct. Like, instead of giving guys the choice, right. we've, we've gotten better at just saying, you don't get a choice. And for a long time, I tried to do that because I'm like, look, it's your career, it's your time. I'm not going to try to take something away from you when you want it. But, I mean, look, me and Logan know better than anybody. There's plenty of times I should have just said, no, you're not doing it. And probably the toughest lesson I've learned in the past few years is just tell guys no. Uh, Logan, you had a completely different night. Yeah. What was your memory of it? Man, uh, I can remember we, we showed up to – and at that time we really didn't know much about cutting weight. Larry was big on you walk the weight, you're going to fight. You know what I mean? We were still yeah, very for Amy's, new. You know, we were still very, very new. Close. And, and uh, dude, I had I weighed like 186 pounds when I first came back to Agogi. I mean, I was like 186, 190. I was fat. And within six months of that training, uh, I got down to 155. I was walking at 155. So I can remember being like losing all this weight and feeling great and uh, thinking like, man, you're, you're going to do good, you know. Well, my opponent shows up like three hours late for the weigh-ins. He weighs in at 176. I'll never forget that. And I was like, I was really mad. <laughs> and uh, they asked me if I still wanted to fight. And I was like, well, hell yeah. I just trained for like – I mean, we would literally train for like – Six months, not not for the fight, but we had been getting ready to fight MMA or something. Um, but anyway, yeah, he shows up late. Larry was like, "You don't touch this glove tomorrow when y'all fight." You know, Larry, Larry's like dark He's about mad. it. Larry's like, "Forget this guy. He's a scrub." You know, and uh, every excuse in the book on why he missed weight and all this stuff. We'll come out for the first round to fight, throw a couple jabs, and he takes off running, like ran his full circle around the cage. And I was like, "Oh, this is." going a lot better than I thought it would and I threw like a kick and he he ran me across the cage and I had like a standing guillotine and uh he gets like a big slam and uh I remember we getting like some kind of scramble and he held me in a straight ankle for like two minutes it felt like I I don't know how it probably wasn't that long probably about a minute straight but anyway get up and I feel great and I can tell he's tired and then literally in between rounds he starts puking in the bucket and he runs out of the cage and we were like, what the hell? You know what I mean? Like, what's Yeah, we're trying to figure out. If we, we were like, Matt, because I remember you telling me in the corner, you were like, this second round, you're going to beat this dude's ass. Like, you were like, you were smiling. Yeah. Because I wasn't tired at all, and this dude was like gassed out. You yeah, know? I was ready for him to get it because he, you know, he kind of stalled the round with a straight ankle that wasn't ever going to work. And yeah. so it just drugged the round out. And I'm like, now you get yours. And then he didn't come off the stool. Yeah, so it wasn't the win we wanted, but it, it definitely made me want to get back in there. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, you got to get another one. You know, I don't, and I don't have a great memory. I've probably been hitting that too much. But what's y'all's memory of like? Because we just heard your opponent change, your opponent change. You know, weight weight issues, and that's what I remember MMA being. Like at that point when I didn't want to be in it, I just remember it was always something. You know, and it still is, but it's so much more professional now than it was. I think way better. Right. Way better. What are y'all's thoughts on like? how it was when you guys started versus now because to me it's a world of difference i feel like now like if or back then if you had an opponent you had to take it because if you gave it up you weren't fighting as in now and now you can fight a guy who doesn't have a lot of experience you know um you don't have to fight a killer you know so it's changed a lot you know the sport's popular now it's it was way different you know nine years ago 
Well, the promotions have also grown. So back then it was only Valor. You know what I mean? Like like around the here anyway, if you yeah, wanted to fight. It. And we weren't driving to South Carolina to fight or you know what I mean? There there were different. I still other don't promotions. want to for Amy. I can't you know, no, but I can't stand those long so, travels for, for Amy fights. So it was just that like 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 Dalton said, you know, if you didn't take the opponent they gave you, you probably didn't get to fight. And also at that point in time it was fight everybody. If you're gonna do this, do it. You know, you fight whoever they offer you and you just say yes or no. I mean you can say no at first, but like you know, if you wanted to fight, you just fought. <laughs> and that's the same deal as always, like, you know, late replacements. You've sold tickets, your family's coming, your friends are coming, you've told everybody you're fighting. Now you don't have the same opponent. You know. That's right. Nine out of ten guys are going to say, yeah, just give me the other opponent. And that's, look, nobody wants to come to you with a with a late replacement. Sometimes it just happens. But it's a tough situation to be in. Same with missing weight. How many times have we seen an opponent miss weight and if you don't make them pay for it somehow, they get in the cage, they're fresher than you, and they win the fight. I mean, I've seen that a ton. There's a guy that's missed weight almost every fight card we have, right? Yeah. So, Yeah, you definitely don't see it as much in the in the professional levels now. But I know, heck, what, two years ago when I made my pro debut, we, we were having trouble with people missing weight. Yeah. I, I feel like really in the last year, MMA on a local scene or local scale has really grown like – our scene, I think, is as hot as it's, it's way better, man. In, in way ever. better, way better. And, and better. we know so much more now about fighting, like you know how to build a guy up, how to how to get his confidence. And we didn't know these things back then. Back then, like I said, it was you just fight whoever they offer you, and if you don't beat him, then maybe you shouldn't fight. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that was kind of the mentality. If if I can't beat this guy, then maybe I'm not a fighter. Now, I mean, think of like Conor McGregor or somebody that fought a bunch of Khabib's coming up. He probably never would have been Conor McGregor. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's style matchup. Well, it's so often, especially, you know, now that we've got the internet and everybody's records online and video of everybody's online, it's so easy. But, you know, just a few years ago, you couldn't find much out about these guys. Now it's everywhere. Yeah, everybody. Finney's stalking their – he knows what they <laughs> ate for lunch in middle school. Yeah. And I wish Watching I was – middle school I wish I was wrestling joking. matches. Yeah. 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 Finney's like the CIA for MMA. I mean, yeah. That's true. <laughs> if he ever retires, he just needs to be that guy that people pay to go find out information for him. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so, you know, you guys had your first fight, but that was years ago. What happened in the meantime? What What do you remember happening right after that? What was, you know, where did you go? Because you guys have both kind of been in and out. Not that you really ever just completely disappeared, but there's been times you spent way more time in the gym than, than others. It's just like that first fight, losing that first fight, taking that fight and losing it in front of your everybody you know, right? That sucks. And at the time, I was making decent money. And uh, right after that, I started contracting. And I was making, you know, six figures as a 20-year-old kid. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Did I save it like I should have? No, I spent it. (laughs) But, I mean, I was making easy money. It was easy. And uh, I took a few – we took a few uh, kickboxing fights at Ben Kikers. And uh, that went well, you know. I forgot about those. Yeah, dude. we, We had some we had some knockdown drag out fights at Ben Kikers uh gym they did like these Friday nights Friday yeah, smokers. Night fights. I mean that's what I got that's what I came up on and there were all awesome. world and yeah he was kind of the last holding it out around here it was Friday night fights it was Friday night fights yeah. it was awesome you had to make way you know it was you know you did your physical before the fight you know dude i forgot legit. 2 weeks after my first fight we we fought again at at one of those Friday night fight things that Larry had me in and 
uh, I was walking 155, like I said, and, and Larry made me keep all my clothes on. He put his hand on my shoulder while I stood on the scale so I could fight that night. <laughs> he was like, he was like, leave all your keys, phone, wallet, you, everything. You fought, you fought, uh, you fought someone from his gym that night, right? Yeah. Because I fought a guy from, I fought a guy from Atlanta. He was like 28, 29 at the time. And he was like cussing every time I would hit him. You remember that? Yeah, dude, that was great. Dude, there was some like legit. We <laughs> I was like, we he were was hollering thug. across the ring at that dude. Me and Larry were. Yeah, he was. Thug. We were about to fight that night. <laughs> well, and tell, then, tell us about it. I wasn't there. So this was crazy. It's Larry. Um, who else cornered? Who? It was just me, you, and Larry for the first ones. Or no, 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 no. Uh, what was that Jack guy's there? name? He he, he became won. a judge for Georgia. That's for, right for, for uh, the Georgia MMA Commission. And I can't think of was it. Was it Andy Foster? No, no Andy no, Foster. No, no. no, Andy Foster was already in California okay. at the time. Uh, he was friends with Andy Foster. Yeah, Derek, you know. Derek Clary? Not, not mm. Derek. Derek. Dude, I want to say he, Derek was already a judge. Yeah, this guy, man. He, he sparred hard, man. too, you know. Yeah, he you was know, tough. He did rounds with us, too. But uh, he cornered us, that, too. I can't think of his name. We'll have to ask Larry. Larry would know. Uh, but, yeah, I fought this. Uh, this guy was a thug. <laughs> and uh, it was a good fight. It's a close fight. And I landed a spinning back kick. And that was it. That's all she wrote. But, uh, yeah, I thought we was going to fight their whole team. And yeah. then you I, I, you had a close fight. Yeah, I lost to a decision. Lost to him and then rematched him. Rematched him a month later. And beat I fought. Ass. He beat him up. <laughs> and uh, I fought Josh Lewis. And uh, we had a knockdown drag out fight. I thought I won. They gave it to him. You know, hometown. Dude, I forgot all. That's like a whole. But I'll tell you this. <laughs> I never seen my dad get upset over a fight because it's just a fight, right? But uh, they were yelling stuff at me the whole fight. Um, who's Josh's coach? Uh, the Hispanic guy. Hasty. Yes, yeah. cussing we're all at cool me. Now. It's crazy. We're all yeah, it's cool crazy. Now. We're, 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 right? Yeah. But they were cussing at me. Larry, Larry said a few cuss words, and Larry doesn't cuss. Gasp. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. And yeah. Uh, I was like, we're, we're going to fight after this fight. Though. He's not. I mean, That's true. I've been in some situations where you know the mouths start running and. Larry's right there at it, buddy. He's not. Hey, if you're in the right, Larry has your back, and it's scary. Yeah. I've heard Larry slip a few cuss words. But after those fights, uh, I don't know. I I had a good job. I was making easy money, and it was just hard to get my focus back on to MMA because I was like, I don't want to take another loss like that. I know that kind of sounds ridiculous. You were so young, man. Yeah, that's the stuff that goes on in your head when you, you have one. You know, when you have a, a tough loss, and like I said, it was a tough one because you were doing so well in that fight. Yeah. Uh, Logan, I mean, we talked a little bit about some stuff you did after, but what came after? You know, what were you doing? Obviously, you were pumped after that, I remember. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, shortly after, I, uh, I, like I said, I remember we we didn't want to do MMA at the time. We were strictly jiu-jitsu pretty much. I mean, we had the Muay Thai class, but, you know um, – Weren't really looking to do MMA. I always just said we'd get you started. Yeah. You know, we'd get you through your first few fights. But if you wanted to be a professional and you wanted to take it serious, you need to move off. Yeah, and I was I was pumped up, like you said, and uh, uh, met – or, you know, I knew Chat Lavender at the time who had originally owned Fight Factory. Yeah, I'd train. And uh, I was talking to his daughter, and, uh, like, he, had, he, he was actually at those first fights. And he was like, man, why don't you come up here to the MMA Institute in Dayton and, and train with – it was Jesse Grun and Jeremiah Gurley. And I had met Jesse Grun through Nikki Peppers yeah. before that. So I was like, man, that guy's good. And Jesse was a Jesse savage. Was, you know, he was, a, I met right at the top fighter in Chattanooga. Yeah, and he fought UFC-level guys that are now in the UFC. You know what I mean? And uh, so anyway, I was like, yeah, that was an all-MMA gym. A bunch of guys my age were up there doing it. So I was like, I remember I came to you, and I was like, hey, man, like, 
I really do love it here, but I know we don't want to do MMA. And, um, you know, is it okay if I go up here and, and start doing MMA? And I remember you told me, man, uh, yeah, that's that's great. That's what you want to do. The doors are always open here, though. And, and I would still come cross-train here and there. Yeah. But um, I do feel like I lost a lot of years of jiu-jitsu. Like, I know when you came back, you flopped around like a fish. Yeah. Like, I know we spent, like, time in Alaska. <laughs> I just thought of salmon flopping on the bank. Yeah. He mounted him, and he's just flopping. Back. Yeah. That's I remember, I mean. you know, some of those guys doing that back in the day at Fiber. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, had a couple fights with them and, and had, like, a really good kind of – Had you – what were your – you know, I can't remember right after what your record was. So, I couldn't remember if you fought one or two with us and then went, and then I couldn't remember what happened. I fought there. my first one with you all. Uh, won that. Like we said, it, was, it wasn't really the way I wanted to win. And then uh, I fought a boy named uh, – who was that? Uh Something lost. I can't think of his name. Anyway, fought that guy and uh, won that one by decision. And then fought Keith Olsen um, for my third Emmy fight. And he was 3-0 and at the time, and, and I was 2-0. and So it was like a big – and he had not fought in like five years. Rode all the way to Johnson City. Was beating the snot out of him first round. And then halfway through the second round was beating him up pretty bad and uh, got trapped in the Kimura and had to tap out. And uh, that that was kind of a – like an awakening a little bit. I was kind of like, oh, man, you need, you need to work on your jiu-jitsu, you know. Um, but then uh, I stayed up there and, and fought, uh, took some time off. Um, that's when I had my son during that time. I would already had my daughter and uh, had my son during that time off and then took a short notice fight against one of Brandon. Uh, what's his last name? He runs at 10th Planet. Uh, McGaffron. How do you say it? B-Mac. Yeah, B-Mac. Yeah, I, I can never pronounce his last name, but – um, yeah, uh, fought a guy at his gym named Jacob Sandlin and uh, lost to that one. Tapped with like 15 seconds left in a round to a triangle. And uh, I remember watching, you know, a lot of videos of his old fights. And after he'd left to go, you'd miss thinking, jiu-jitsu sucks. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad. bad. <laughs> you need to be trained in it. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, MMA Institute shut down. Actually, the MMA Institute was kind of shutting down during that time frame like uh 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 between my second and third fight or yeah second and third fight and um i remember actually that's that's when i met bubba cruz uh we were going down to core one some and training and uh, greg hopkins for the first time which uh that's a whole nother story <laughs> but uh both those guys are studs but yeah yeah uh that's that's when i kind of naturally ran into them. yeah just naturally powerful they're Probably the two laziest people I know, and I know them both well. You know, I still talk to Bubba yeah. on a regular basis, yeah. but uh, just naturally strong, naturally gifted. People ask me who the most talented guy I've ever coached is, and he's definitely, like, if he's not one, he's 1A. As far as, like, to just walk in and have it all, I don't know anybody beyond Bubba. I mean, but Taylor – Taylor Paris was another guy at 14. I had him beating grown men. Yeah. Well, he and was a grown man. He was 14. a grown man. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that kid could have been in the UFC. That's one, too, where you, you know, he wanted to go play football. And I wanted to go, do not do this. Because I know you, you stay here and do MMA with me, you're going to do well. And, you know, he went off and it didn't work out. And he's, he's done fine. He's got a good family now. But. Uh, man, you know, some of those that got away like him, you're just like, gosh, that kid would have been you think a about, decade in the UFC. You think about Bubba Cruz. Bubba Cruz could have – he could have went somewhere, right? Absolutely. But 
you know, he's still probably could. He's had the same situation <laughs> same you situation. had. Though. He right. makes good money. Look, Fiverr is a. I did it for a year. There's there's crazy amounts of money available, and it's this miserable grind where you're working, you know, on the road. And it's kind of, you know, it's not a tough job, but you know, it's tough hours. That's right. Doesn't really not conducive to training at all because you're working long hours. You get called in any time. I should have been here. Yeah, we were we going to do the podcast the other day. Right. And I worked until 10 o'clock that night. But, well, tell me, how did you get in fight? Like, tell me about the fiber, because that's a big part of your life, and it's taken you know, a lot of your time over the past 10 years. Well, after after I lost to uh, Nick Martino, we started doing kickboxing fights, and I needed a job. And Larry's like, well, Robert was in the picture at the time, yeah, you know? I remember. And Robert's like, uh, or – Larry's like, why don't you call Robert? Robert probably needs help. So I called Robert, and I said, hey, Robert, I need a job. I don't know anything about nothing. And uh, he's like, okay, just come in for an interview, and uh, we'll see what we can do. So I sat down for an interview, and they put me in a bucket truck, and all I did was run drops, you know, very basics, right? And I was with Robert for probably 10 months, and I moved on because I had a bigger picture in my head, you know. I didn't want to – you know, most guys are stay content, but yeah. I never wanted to be content. Right. And uh, I just looked at what I can make more, you know. So I got into mainline fiber, and <laughs> it's way easier work. I'm in a trailer 90% of the time, and the money's great. You know, I was I was 20 years old making anywhere from 3000 5000 a week at right. the time. And <laughs> I can't turn that down. No, and, then, and like I said, there's a lot of guys that do that, and, and it's been a good – good career for you but it's definitely taking time from jiu-jitsu for sure for sure um how do you feel like how is it balancing because now you're married you know you've got a job how is it now balancing all those things because you fought a few more times right uh, so well this is my hobby you know um this is like you know i've always did something active so my dad goes to the gym every morning at like three o'clock in the morning right that's his thing well coming to jiu-jitsu is like my gym you know, so I don't know. I, even if, even if I don't compete, I'm still doing this. This is my hobby. You know, most people's hobbies like fishing or you know going out with the boys and drinking. That's not my hobby. My hobby is coming here, wrestling around with men. <laughs> yeah, we're we're very. I, I tell everybody, you know, my wife, she's one of them. She'll make fun of jujitsu all the time. You have to be very comfortable with your sexuality. Like I'm that very confident true. in who I am. I don't. I don't have any questions. So, if you've got questions, maybe jujitsu is not for you. But I mean, I grew up around Stacy Meek, so <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna get tested pretty quick as far as yes, how jumpy you are and <laughs> how easily you blush. Um, all right. So you know, those were the early days, and then. You know, 2014, 15, we started in Rock Spring and, and then moved to East Ridge. How did that feel? Because we were the guys, when I say we were the the guys on the other side of the track, the no names, the, you know, nobody. You know, people would even say that we didn't do jiu-jitsu, which always pissed me off, right? Because I'm like, go look at ADCC. It looks a lot more like us than you. But a lot of people, you know, we were nothing. And – I've always kind of liked that, and I've always liked having a chip on my shoulder, so never really bothered me. But what was it like kind of going through that change? I hated it. I did. It was different I, I hated it. Uh, it, was, it was just different. I, I don't know. I was like uh, – I was selfish because, I mean, we were 
a small group and we we went after it and then y'all started in uh chattanooga and east ridge and it's just it didn't really change it's just we got a lot of new faces and uh you had to be a lot easier rolling with some of the people um but i mean i wasn't here all the time you know um i was always traveling with work and stuff but at first i hated it but now i love it i mean this this place is insane like I'm kind of jealous now. I wish when I first started fighting, we already had this. I mean, imagine. I mean, I wouldn't be, be in the UFC. I would be somewhere else, you know. Um, I always wonder about the people, unlike the four of us that started in those kind of hole in the wall places. The people who start at a gogi, like, just don't realize, <laughs> you know, training somewhere where you walk in and the mat's filthy and got bugs on it and no showers, no nothing. Nothing, a gogi doesn't exist. Heat or air. <laughs> anywhere else. Yeah. Dude, I can remember we yeah. would like leave our socks on and stuff in the wintertime until it got warmed up. You know what I mean? And well, I had that kerosene heater that, you know, that blast heater that you use for job sites. And so I had to get there about an hour early, fill up the kerosene heater, get it switched on. Or sometimes I could leave work, come over, get it switched on and let it run because you couldn't teach or roll because of the fumes. So. I'd have to let it run and get it heated up and then turn it off when we started rolling. So, yeah, it was it was fun times. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely jealous of the, the amateur fighters now compared to what we had to start with, you know. And, and to have training partners, they don't even understand how lucky they are for that. Like, we, when I first came back, we still weren't really doing MMA, you know. No, what was it like? So, you know, we I don't want to jump over that. I mean, you've had some health problems and you've had a lot going on. You want to? You know, you don't have to get too far into it, but, you know, kind of tell us about the time that made you come back. Like, what, what brought you back? I remember it was, you know, it was kind of a big time for us. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, like you said, I, I had went off, and, and I was training with an MMA student in Dayton. They shut down, went to Killer Bees, and uh, was driving from, like, Chickamauga to Cleveland, Tennessee all day, or every day. And um, that, that starts to wear on you a little bit. And I remember one night or one day, Larry was like, hey, Hank, Need some rounds. This it was like a Saturday or something, in his garage, and um, came down there and was doing rounds with Hank and busted my bicep tendon. That was nasty. Yeah, it sucked. That I remember Larry just being like, "I think it's just hyperextended." I'm like, "Larry, my bicep <laughs> is literally up at my shoulder." Right I, now. I was like, actually talking about this story the other day because Finney thought he yeah. tore his fi- bicep, and yeah. I was like, "Hey, Logan tore his bicep. Like it was an, it was separated." But Finney has a lot more muscle than you. Yeah. Oh, yes, <laughs> so definitely. he's not going to get hurt like No you. arguments there. That is uh, one of the weirdest looking injuries. I remember when Stacy tore his. That was. Yeah. It just rolls right up. Yeah. It, it's weird, man. It, I I remember it going like, like I threw a left hook. Hank kind of stepped into it and the hook like didn't get to go all the way through. And it, it was like my fist kind of ricocheted like off his elbow and like my arm whipped like pop. And it sounded just like that. And I was like, damn, you know, and uh, I took a knee. I was like, hold on, you know, that really hurt. And uh, I'm usually pretty tough, but I knew something wasn't right. And I, I took a knee, and I'm holding my arm, and I look down at it, and, like, I bend it to see if I, you know, I didn't know if I broke it or what. It just popped really hard. Did it do the? Yeah, so when I <laughs> bend it, my bicep, you know, if you move your arm, like, your bicep goes up. It just never came back down, <laughs> you know. And I was just like, oh, that's not right. And, and Larry was like, well, I think you just hyperextended it, brother. And I was like, no, I don't know, man. Well, it's the and, same guy. I remember Michael Porter. And we're going to do just an injury episode, but I remember. <laughs> Dude, there's a, I got a lot of those. I remember holding Porter up as Stacy's sticking his 
I mean, I could see the head of his shoulder in his armpit. I could feel it. And then Stacy's sticking that thing back up in. And then we're wrapping it with a boxing wrap. It's like, see, man, <laughs> he heads home. You know, he just drives himself home. It's like, I'll see you next week. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I came back uh, after that healed up because uh, Larry was talking to me a lot during the time. It took me like four months to heal up from that, I think, totally. Yeah. Um, and it still wasn't right. Sometimes I would be hitting pads and it would like it, it would hurt. And uh, I remember Larry was like, "Brother, when you when you get healed up, why don't you why don't you just come try out the gym? Like we have Saturday Muay Thai." Uh, and this is when we're in Easter Ridge. Right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Chat Craw. It was Chat Craw. Then it wasn't even a Goki really. What was it? Was it a Goki? Yeah. Still? Well, when we moved to Chattanooga, we called our jujitsu a Goki still. And then you know, I've said this before, but I didn't think anybody cared about a Goki, and nobody knew who we were, so. Nashville Krav Maga was Stacy's cousin, and it had been really successful. And we went up and kind of helped them put jujitsu in. And kind of in the in return, they worked with us on the Krav and getting that all set up and, and worked through. And so I thought, you know, it's worked for them. You know, he's just got in this, and he's got over 100 students. So we kind of copied that part of it and just kind of kept a gogi inside of it. But it worked well, and once people knew our name, I got rid of it. <laughs> Yeah, it was good at the time. I think we outgrew it. But I think so. At the time, it was. I, I don't regret doing it. I mean, I know, you know, you see the the logo, and you're like, I'm not gonna wear that shirt anymore. But <laughs> I still have the uh, shirt from his cousin from the Nashville yeah, Crawl McGaw. That's an awesome shirt. Yeah, yeah. those shirts held but, up. But uh, he came down when we were threats. I actually found a. I don't know if y'all know our first name. It's actually uh, Pigeon Mountain. Pigeon uh, Mountain Combatives. That was it, PMC. And, yep. we, and the M was Mountains. Yep. Yeah, I don't remember I, that. I drew that out too. Yeah. Just I also drew the original Agogi logo on my iPad. So the new T-shirt with like the retro logo, that's just me drawing out on my iPad. Um, but, yeah, so we were PMC. That was when probably we were, in, when we were in, in West Lafayette. In the corner, not, not beside yeah. Fred's, in the corner. Yeah, in the corner. Nobody, we didn't have a sign-up. No, we never. It was painted on the wall, though, right? PMC was painted on the wall. I think we had it put somewhere. But we was uh, we was affiliated under Hegan when we was at Fred's, right? Yeah, uh, the second the second time at Fred's was when we got back with Hegan. Okay. So, all right. So I don't not just the bicep because I remember the bicep, but I was thinking about the hard end. Yeah, I had uh, that was I was still, man. I guess I was at Killer Bees at the time uh, in, in Cleveland. And uh, I had had strep throat so many times and, and within, like, a six-month span. And um, actually recently kind of had that happen again. Yeah, like scary. Yeah. Um, Did you get those tonsils removed? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm going to get into this, but, you know, fighters. He's like, hey, man, I got to get my tonsils removed. Like, just let me fight so I'll have the money to get my tonsils removed. And you're like, man, you don't need to fight like this. We've had a lot going on. You've been sick, but you know, I he's he's already been in the hospital once for this these tonsils, and I'm thinking if you know if he's got to fight and then get the tonsils out, then let's do that. I never got my tonsils. Never got his freaking tonsils out. Hey, Logan doesn't tip. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> bad tipper. Uh, <laughs> let's that go. Is a lie. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be known as a bad no, tipper. I'm that's actually it. a great tipper. If you're a bad waitress, I'm a bad tipper. <laughs> right. <laughs> now look at me. I can't not, help you. Yeah, no, nobody's saying. That was a Facebook <laughs> post. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, um, I'd had strep throat so many times that it, it had gotten into my, uh, I guess, bloodstream. I guess yeah. that's, that's what would have happened. And uh, I remember I was working one day. I was I was welding. And uh, my left arm 
left neck and like jawline were all hurting. And I remember I was texting my mom. I was like, I don't know what this is. She was like, that's signs of a heart attack. And I was like, whatever, <laughs> dude. Like, I'm not having a freaking heart attack. I'm, I was like 22, 23. Yeah. And uh, she was like, uh, no, you, I, you need to get checked, you know. And But I, it was weird. I would stand up, start working, and I would get short of breath, and I'd have to sit down. Be fine, though. The pain, everything would go away. The, the shoulder, the jaw, everything would just stop hurting. And uh, get up, same thing would happen again. And uh, so we went to the hospital, got like an EKG done, and they were like, you've had a heart attack. And I was like, no. You know, no, no yeah, you you, you got to go right now. And uh, they did like an emergency surgery where they do a catheter like in your groin area, and they go through some pain, and they like, I guess, I don't know exactly what they do. I just remember falling asleep pretty quick once they, once they got going. But um, they unclogged the valve in my heart, and uh, that's what had caused the quote-unquote heart attack. Um, and then I broke my face sparring a few months after that. And then, uh, that, and then, or, or I guess, well, I guess I was older because I came back to a gogi whenever I was what, 26, 27, 26, I think. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> anyway, I did that and, uh, came back and I remember I talked to you. I was like, man, I had I'd taken a couple losses. I think I was three and four as an amateur. I was like, I really want to fix my record and then go pro. And you were like, well, we can do that, but, you know, if you really want to do this, you're going to have to move to, like, Florida or something. And, and if, you, if you're if you really serious about it, you're going to have to go somewhere else. And, uh, man, we just started racking up wins. And uh, my first fight, I was supposed to fight Trevor Peak, who's now our, at our gym. And, and, like I said, I mean, I'm, I'm so glad that fight didn't happen. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> we'll probably say this 20 times, but I remember having to see Trevor – you know, and he's, he's like, I got this guy, let's watch him. We watched him. He's like, what do you think? I was like, I think we better get him now. Like, because if he ever learns any grappling, what are you going to do with this kid? But he right now, he didn't know anything. Broke his leg. Yeah. Broke his leg. Yeah. Broke his leg and stepping out of a moving the truck and then cut his leg with a chainsaw yeah. by accident. The yeah. first fight I seen Trevor fight was the Greg Hawkins fight, and that fight was insane. Yeah, that was insane. Crazy. That was a, That was insane. Not really a professional level fight, but you talking about if you wanted to pay to see a bar fight, that, that would be the it. bar fight you wanted to watch. Well, we you know, had Greg the main come, event. <laughs> Greg came over by the house, and I guess was Greg at a gogi at the time. I mean, he he just oh, came no, by to wrestle no, or that something. Was before he was, you no, know, he, he cross trained a little bit. But, yeah, yeah. But it was he was kind of in a couple times before that, and then right. I think the next fight he was I training with a gogi when he took that fight. Maybe, maybe had yes, because he came in and did a little bit of wrestling and jiu-jitsu. I just remember Greg telling me when I took that fight, he was <laughs> like, Logan, he hits really hard. And I was like, well, I'm not planning to really stand on the feet and banging out with this guy just to be but, honest uh, with you. We was at a buddy's house, and Greg came over, both hands wrapped up, broken. Yeah. But I don't think Greg really trained at the time at all. No. Other uh, than his garage. No, he had Team Hopkins, and it was his mom and dad, and yeah, he'd show up. And fight. That's and another win. one. If he uh, if he really trained back in the day, he would have been somewhere for sure. Still there's has so a many, great record. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, both those guys are still studs. Uh, but, you know, there's also a time that you hit in your life where you just don't have the drive to do it like you did. That's true. Uh, and there's only so many of those that you got. And, and look, it, it happens to all of us. And I'm not saying it's happened to them necessarily, but it's just part of life. Like, you're going to have a window. And – there is a part of me that regrets. Like, I'll see these guys that kind of came up in the in-between time, and it's like, man, like, had we been here, we could have done so much with those guys. But, like, 
we just weren't around, you know, doing MMA. And, and so, you know, it's it's really hard, I think, for even me to kind of go back and put myself in the spot I was in then. Because now you're like, why wouldn't you do that? We can we can do whatever, you know, but that's easy to say now. But, like, back then, we didn't think we could do a lot of that stuff. Um, let's, let's keep going real quick before we get back to Dalton. So you had the heart problems, and then we went on that run. Yeah. So kind of walk us through that little run because it was fun. Yeah, that was a great time. I mean, we were fighting, like, every month almost. It felt like. I, mean, I know by the end, I was like, you got to take him down because you've had – too many fights in a row, and you can't take another punch. Uh, we were we were getting into like freaking wars, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, went on that run, um, made my professional debut, won that. Um, started started the professional career out right, you know. Really took a fight we knew we would win, um, as you should. Now now we know that you know, and uh, uh, shoot, it wasn't COVID hit. Probably a year later that I fought again, almost well close to a year. Um, and at this time, you're – we're still in East Ridge. Yeah, yeah. And I had – I was uh, trying to think when you moved into the gym because you lived in the gym for nearly two years. Well, remember I had a uh, – I came back to get um, to get ready for a fight, and I injured my knee because I remember we, I was supposed to fight on that next Chattanooga card. Remember? Yeah. And uh, anyway, I did that, injured my knee. Like, well, I can't fight, so I'm going to go to work. That's and, right. And uh, went to work, got fat, and uh, – Took a, they <laughs> offered the phone rang. <laughs> yeah, they offered Greg Hopkins, uh, the Bellator fight. Greg accepted. They declined, and I was like, shortly before COVID, I had gotten offered that kid uh, through his management, not actually Bellator, but his manager was going to pay me out of pocket basically to come in and, I guess take, they were trying to build him up, and um, I was like, I remember the name, and I was like, you tell him I'll take it. I was one and zero, and they they said yes. And we were like, oh, shit. Like, they actually took it, you know. So, on eight days' notice, I and That was COVID. That was, that was literally – I just left my job, and I was starting in five – like, I was having my first day, you know, running. Yeah, you running had just started the job. Yeah. And so, I couldn't go, and it was during – you know, we had all the – because you had to be locked down. I called so you, though. Days. I remember saying, I hey, Matt, uh, you want to do, do Bellator? And you were like, well, why not? You know, Yeah, I mean, well, I was in. And then I find out. You can't get them. Uh, so, Mike went. Mike, what was it like? Because I've never cornered a Bellator fight. What, what was that like? So, uh, the first memorable part of that was when we got up there. You know, it was COVID lockdown, so it was very strict protocols. You, They would bus you to the hotel and, like, lock you in a room. And you it's, guys were in Connecticut where? Yeah, at the, um, oh, what's it called? Mah- Mohegan, Mohegan Sun. Sun Casino. Yeah. And that was torture because it was such a nice place and we wanted to go out and have fun but you just had to sit in the room me and sterling just sat in the room and watched movies and me and greg had already done some of our quarantine and i think we yeah were out no, of you quarantine. guys had already been there that's where the story's going yeah. at some point we kind of snuck down to your room and i just remember the door opened and the smell hit me and i was like they're never gonna let these guys back into this hotel ever again we've been like training the beds pushed up more uh we're training in the middle of that place and it was just like how much how much clothes did you guys bring and just dump it in the middle of the floor but anyway so um we i think you know we get through the quarantine part and it was one of those things where it was just like wait 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 boring 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 wait 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 and then all of a sudden it's just like in two hours everything happened and it was the coolest but yet 
kind of most surreal and strange thing because you go in and there's this big arena that's just set up so cool. You're seeing all these famous people like Chael Sonnen's right over here and it's just dead silent. And we walk in and it was the most like, are, are we allowed to talk? Can we? <laughs> to be as quiet as it was, though, I could not hear you guys. I remember y- they had y'all set so far from yeah, the cage. They because of COVID. Well, heaven forbid we, we get within, you know, we just warmed yeah. up together, but mm-hmm. now you got to be 10 feet away. You got to social distance the corner. Yeah. But, um, but it, and it was also, I mean, honestly, we, part of the reason it's hard to coach is it was so freaking quiet in there. It just felt weird to even speak up. So we would be like, hey. Logan, watch out for that. <laughs> and so, anyway, um, but the fight was a cool experience. And then, um, was it the fight before you guys that that it was that just absolute? Um, they had had like war. a slugfest, and I remember we were watching it on the screen, and the dude wasn't tapping. He had been arm barred. Yeah, we thought he broke his arm. He did break his arm. Yeah, he broke his. And arm. And then the guy that broke his arm quit on the yeah. stool. Yeah, and and, and, the towel. and we were yeah, like. That yeah. was nice. He would have won. And you were up next, and they were, like, basically taking both of those dudes out on a stretcher bias as we were walking yeah. in. Yeah, dude. I remember watching it from from the, the gym. But tell me tell me your thoughts on when you were, like, just the experience of it. Man, it was it was awesome. That That's when uh, – yeah, so, I, like I said, I was one of those professional, got that call, went up there. Uh, it was Mike, Sterling, and Greg. And, uh, uh, I mean, it, it was all – the way they treated us, man, they gave us money. We, like, we had per diem uh, to run on. I mean, it, it was just awesome. They, they really took care of us. For, for to, to even be, like, uh, having to be quarantined and everything, like, it was still a good experience, you know. And um, I guess it – I don't know, man. Like, I really felt like I could have won that fight and uh, kind of got in a hurry during it and um, went forward and shouldn't have and, and got taken down. And he was a really – I mean, he was a stud at jiu-jitsu. Um, he was a well, it was the, was it the MNRE role that he was known for? Yeah, he actually has and the he, fastest submission in Bellator. And he tried to do it, and you stepped out of it and just like, gave yeah, him I was a finger like, no, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I was taunting him because I was trying to get him to like get. I, I wanted him mad where he would want to stand and sling with me. Yeah. Well, then he wasn't. He was actually sticking to his. I remember I had shin kicked him. Some people kick to stick. Uh, stick to game plans. <laughs> some people stick to game plans. Yeah, some yeah. people. <laughs> Not like. <laughs> and uh, he. Uh, I remember I heard him when the first shin. I was like, I'm just gonna kick his shin as hard as I can because he's southpaw. I was orthodox. It was just right there. I remember when you connected on that first one. All three of us in the corner were like, "Do that! Keep doing that!" Yeah, <laughs> he, he didn't was, like that. No, and uh, he he was literally like running around, like trying to avoid it. And uh, he tried to do the little MNR thing, and uh, that's when I started kind of trash talking him. Well, the start of the fight, I actually ran after him and mm-hmm. like that's true. Like tackled him. Well, to your like defense, a, what did you weigh like? Two weeks before that fight. Oh, dude, the fight was at 170. Well, it's like 10 days when you got the call, right? 10 days, but we we flew out on eight days' notice. Yeah, you had Uh, to do most of your cut out there. And how much did you weigh? (laughs) Because we were at Twin Peaks together eating a couple days before that call. That was chunky, boy. Well, they had (laughs) That was the fattest I'd ever seen you. They had Dollar Pitcher Night, man. They had Dollar Pitcher Night right at the (laughs) – and it was a karaoke bar right down the road from our hotel where we were working. So, like, I was down there for like three four months. He was one, fat. One Give us nine, a number. 190. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and you were the pastiest we, we, white guy I've ever seen, dude. Yeah, I was that, working in Huntsville. For your biggest fight to have your worst photo. <laughs> oh, dude. You know, that, that picture, I know you would love we that photo not, to disappear. Dude, when they sent me these pictures, I was like, man, he's going to he's gonna make me look good. You know what I mean? Dude, I had the biggest love handles. Like, he he had me stand, too. You know, there's an angle on love handles, dude. You 
you know, where, where it's like really bad. And, and he had me stand at that angle. It would just be great if that picture could disappear. I wish we had video right now so people could see how red you are currently <laughs> talking about it. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, but uh, it was super embarrassing. Uh, but but I didn't really think about it during that time. You know, I was so excited to just be on Bellator, and that hit me. I was like, this is what you want to do. So I came back um, and really started training with Brian, uh, which which kind of ended up leading to what Pete Kinetic is now in the long run. And, uh, man, that, like we were training like professionals then. And uh, I was one and one and got offered Nathan Ariaga, who was 3-0. and oh, And uh, he was a tough dude. Yeah. I mean. Great fight. Yeah. And felt great, you know. And I, I was like, this is what I want to do. Moved into the gym shortly after. Um, yeah, I remember. I'll go back to the Bellator fight real quick because – it, it was painful to have the biggest fight we'd ever had and not be there. And I'd always been in, I think, every yeah, – you know, anytime you were in a gogi, I was in your corner. Yeah. So, it, that was – I didn't like that at the time. Obviously, I trusted the guys that went. But I remember before you left, and maybe I'm thought, I was like, just don't go to the ground in round one. Keep it standing round one. Whatever you do, I don't care if you land a punch, just don't go to the ground round one. He's going to break in round two when he sees he don't finish it. I watched – I remember watching the fight, saw that the first shot hurt him, and I'm like, good. And then I saw him hit him with another one, and I saw him start talking. And I stood up, and I threw my hat on the ground, and I marched out as he got tapped. Because <laughs> before it ever as – as, as soon as I saw that, I'm going to talk trash, throw punches, he got over his feet, and the guy – you know, the guy's like, he didn't want none of it, and I knew he didn't want any of it. You could see as soon as that fight started, that kid thought he made a mistake. And as soon as I saw, you know, you get over the feet, the guy got you to the ground. Now, you defended beautifully a couple, but I mean, the, when they say the kid's a wizard, he was excellent. Some of the best jiu-jitsu transitions is. I've watched in MMA. I haven't watched anybody in the UFC with as smooth a jiu-jitsu lately that I can think of. But he finished you, you know, but all that being said, you had a real shot to win that fight. And I think if you got him two round two, I think you probably do win that fight. But even if you didn't, I remember it lit a fire under you. So oh, when yeah. you came back, you had a different mentality. And, and like, I will credit that as kind of raising the level in the whole gym. Like, once that happened, then everybody had, because before, Look, I love them, but we talk about Greg and, you know, the guys that came along first. Bubba, they were talented, but they didn't work hard. And that was the mentality of, you know, that's the mentality of everybody else, right? Like, Well, they didn't have to work hard no, at the regional look, level. I'm not, I'm not trashing those guys. They were uber talented, right? you know, one-hit quit guys, right? But they, they weren't big workers. And well, so, and one thing I don't know if it was like that they weren't weren't hard workers all the time. But one thing I've always that I've been proud of you guys specifically for is you guys train to train in between. You don't train for a fight. The fight comes along, but you you guys even throughout all your work and everything and injuries, you're training. Through yeah, well, and that's unfair for me to say because you're right. Like I guess the difference in the old school MMA mentality. Which, which is what I'm trying to say, is they came in during camp, worked their ass off in camp. Mm -hmm. But in between camps, they would disappear, and then they'd show back up when they had a fight. Right. 
But what happened is Logan started training every day and started living at the gym. And so the other MMA guys started seeing that and started emulating that. And when Finney started, that's all he knew. He just saw Logan. So, you know, Finney had that work ethic, but it was a great reinforcement that he saw, this is what I got to do to be a pro. And honestly, now, it's Finney's work ethic that kind of – Finney and Trevor's work ethic that kind of leads a lot of that. Because now you've gone kind of full-time. But, you know, there was a period where you were the guy living in the gym. You were the guy making the run. And everybody was – I mean, it was fun for me because there's a time – you know, I felt like – you still are, but there's a time where you were the hottest name in MMA in Chattanooga, and that was that was a fun one. And I was run. never that's supposed true. to be that Never guy. supposed to be. So, right? that's, that, that's what uh, – we talked about that before. Like, that developed a mentality. Like, even in my losses, like, maybe my last one I, I felt – I did not feel like being there that night. So, so that We was, had a lot going on for that one. Yeah. And uh, – but before that, man, like, never stop fighting. Like – there was no quit, and I don't know. I felt like that that um, that's what carried me in the training room. You know, what I mean, was like I'm not supposed to be here, but I'm here. You yeah. know, um, I'm not athletic. I'm not. I'm not some freak athlete. I wasn't an all star wrestler. wasn't football, baseball, nothing like. I rode. I rode motocross, which that's that's being an athlete on a different kind of level. You know what I mean? But as far as, as, far as like body mechanics, I didn't have that. You know. No, but. You know, I remember it's it's the same thing. I've done it to Dalton. I've done it to you a hundred times too. But we did it very purposely in that camp where I would get you as close to breaking as I can and not break you. And then every day I'm putting you as close to breaking as I possibly can. And by the end of that camp, I told you, you can't be broke. And I really felt like right then you couldn't be broke. You were mentally just locked in. Yeah, and and, and I still carry that, man. Um, you still do. That, that's – that's one of those things that I don't, I don't think I'll ever lose. It's like, I'll tap. You know, I'm not going to be the guy that's going to get injured because I didn't tap in the in the room. But you do have to, you do have to earn it. You know what I mean? Like, I, I do feel like I'm one of the hardest guys to tap in the room because you're going to have to earn it. It's got to be locked in. But you built that in me. I feel like you know, um, and it it does it does help out so much in MMA. Well, Dalton. You got a lot of that mentality too. You've done more competition in jujitsu. You've had some MMA fights, but you know, kind of what's it's really only been the last few years that you've gotten. I think the time to get in and, and fully train and get serious about improving your jujitsu and getting that you know next level. But uh, you know, what have you been up to the past couple of years? What was it like, kind of making that transition, and, and well, where are you going? Up to uh, two and a half years ago, I was traveling with work, and then uh, I took a job with EPB, and that kept me down here. So I was able to train, and that's when I fell in love with jiu-jitsu again because before, every time I popped in, I might do open mat or something, or I was doing Larry's class, you know? So I didn't have a lot of time, so there's a huge gap I missed. And then, uh, you know, Logan was fighting full-time at the time. You know, I, I remember sitting down. We were sitting down eating in Huntsville because he was working with, what, a welder's union or something like that? I was a millwright. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You guys were down there doing fiber, and I was I was working down in That's Huntsville. That's right. And uh, I was only coming in the gym on a Saturday when I was in town. Yeah, and, for uh, a long time. You know, it was just, For years. Just and uh, the past two years when I've been down here, two and a half years now, um, I just fell in love with jiu-jitsu. And it's just it's my hobby now, you know. And I like competing because I think – 
I think to progress in jiu-jitsu, you still have to compete because you can be a killer in here and then go compete and then be a totally different athlete. And if you're not competing, you're just going to decline. Yeah. And I 100% agree with that. If you're going to do jiu-jitsu, you have to compete. I think, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think for me there's different periods in the time that I've done jiu-jitsu. So there's, there's times where I've, I just felt the need to compete, and I, that's all I wanted to do. And, you know, few injuries later it's like oh maybe i don't need to compete <laughs> you know maybe i'll hold it up but i agree like it's it's the best te- like whether you call it competition or an mma fight or whatever having something that tests you and having something to train for really does you know cause improvement i think that's right and even if you don't like like competing and you're just doing jiu-jitsu as a hobby hey that's what I'm doing. I'm doing this as a hobby. I'm doing it because I like it. I'm not doing it to, you know, win world titles, which would be awesome, you know. I mean, if that's in the future, that's in the future. But I'm doing it – I'm only doing this sport only to train as a hobby, and I'm only doing it when I can. So, I mean, there's been weeks where I miss, and there's weeks where I come in four days a week. But I'm here every chance I get, and if I can compete, I'm going to compete. And I think everybody should compete at least once a year yeah. just to do it. See where you're at. Test yourself because you're going to get good against the guys in in this gym. I mean, everybody's a killer from blue belt up. I mean, we have white belts that are tough. I've been glad this time because, look, when you – you know, both y'all, when you got here, you were the kids. And now, you know, there's a lot of times you're the guy, you're the senior guy at a competition, or you're the guy kind of pushing, hey, we're going to compete. You guys come train. That's fun for me. Same with like when you start helping guys coach in MMA and you start working. That's fun because one, I can trust you. And, you know, everybody, you know, there's been plenty of opportunities, I think, to bring in a name and go grab somebody that would like be flashy, but. I mean, I don't know about you, Mike. I don't want anybody. It's not us. No. Like, no it's, you guys are us. <laughs> right. It's I'd much rather put you two out there than some guy with a big name or some guy from somewhere I've never – I can't right. pronounce. That's funny because I, I hated when we moved to East Ridge, right? I hated it. I hated it. I, I don't know. I just didn't like that building. Still to this day, I just don't like that building. And then when you're, you, took, you took a gogi to the next level, I mean, I give it – Matt, I mean, hats off to you because – I mean, without you, we wouldn't be where we're at today. And uh, when we came down here to uh, Max Smith Road, it became a gym, in my opinion. Like it took us. It to became a, a gogi, you yeah. know. Like it became like the old days, like it was. We were training hard. I don't know. I guess it's because we was like in a shopping center up there, and uh, now back here off Max Smith, we're kind of off to ourselves. It definitely was a so, different feel up there. Yeah, it just it, it just never set right with me, and now here I'm, we grind here now. Like, it, this is awesome, and then now you know y'all bought Jill's gymnastics, and I love it. Like I don't even care if I fought again. I just like training with people. I mean, we have twenty guys over there on MMA nights, studs, and studs. over a hundred guys on Muay Thai nights. I mean, jujitsu. It's great. It's crazy. You know when when you're running fifty five and sixty in jujitsu, and there's 45 in Muay Thai at the same time. You're like, holy crap. If insane. we actually took a picture, I think sometimes when we take pictures, they think they got everybody in, in the gym. Is that everybody in the gym or is it a seminar? That's a that's a Monday. That's Other, a Monday night. That's just a – and That's, that's one, one class that's on one. a Monday, and there are three classes going on at the same time. And if time. we rolled out 
let's say if we did it at six when the kids are leaving, the adults are coming, there's probably 200 people or 180 people, 170 right there at that transition. It's tough to get people in and out. It's crazy. But I think what's so cool, too, now about it is that even with all those numbers, it's not the kind of place where you just get lost in a sea of people. Like, you still you still know most everybody. Everybody knows you. You know, it still has that kind of, not necessarily like a small field, but, like, you're known. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, that's that's the thing that I don't, you know, that's why we're doing the podcast. Because used to, we could just sit on the side and talk to you guys. And now, how do you talk to 450 people? You know, it's like, I don't care if another person outside of this room, you know, this gym listens to this podcast, but dang, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, people would probably like to hear. And that's, that's why we're here. But yeah, it's people know you, but it's also something that you got to work at all the time so that you do keep knowing guys. So, you know, guys go in and get your photo upgraded. We want to see your picture just so we can put a name with a face and call you by your correct name. That's, if I could go through and see your picture and see your name, I, I can memorize those. You know what I mean? So it's beneficial in that way. We want to know who you are, but you got to kind of put in. I think a gogi is a place where you get as much in as you – you get as much out as you put in. And I don't know how you, how you guys feel, but I, I feel like as long as you go all in here, we're going to go all in for you. That's 100%. Um, dude, everybody here is – I mean, we're a family. I'm – you go to other gyms. We've been to other gyms several times together, and it just feels awkward. You know, you're just there to, you know, keep the lights on. Yeah, man, and 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 watching people come from other gyms, and, and now that they're here, you see their, if they stay, their mentality starts to change. And and I've seen it so much with the guys that join from gyms that that uh, close down from the surrounding areas. You know, and uh, it, it's great to watch them really like become better people not not just better athletes but better people you know the way that they treat others on the mats yeah I, th- I mean I think look there's not a lot of I'm not gonna say there's no ego here but there's not a lot and you know everybody's expected to treat everybody the way they're supposed to that's true and it's not much to ask you know what I mean like just and I, I think everybody does and that's that's something I'm always proud of because I don't feel like we put We've talked about this before also. You know, we don't we don't put a ton of effort into into that. But we do have principles that we're just not gonna bend on. So I guess you put fifteen, twenty years into it really. And if they don't fit in, they, they weed themselves out and they go on to another they place, do. you know, to the next gym. Mm-hmm. Um I, I just feel like that's something here to go get we've always had is a very tight knit family. Like like even though we are as big as we are now, um, it still does have that small feel like like we know everybody for the most part. I mean, there's a lot of faces I don't recognize now. And it's kind of cool to me, too, though, because I'll be out downtown somewhere with my Gogi shirt on or something. They're like, training a Gogi? And and just two years ago, they, they didn't even know our name. That's maybe the biggest change that's happened in the past year. Do y'all, I mean, am I the only one that, like, now you go out with, like, the shirt or the hat? And they're like, you training a Gogi, yeah. I mean, I'll, I almost guarantee that I'm going to see another shirt or hat. It doesn't matter where I go. Yeah, you go back like five years ago, and it was what's a gauge? Okay. And now people <laughs> are gauge. like, "Oh, Gogi, you know, you know Logan Neal, you know yeah. Dalton Smith." Yeah. What's bad about people now though is they still call it a, a gauge, and they train here. <laughs> I still hear the <laughs> habit. I'm like, "A Gogi, it's, it's a, a gogi. gogi." Yeah. For all you listeners, a Gogi, not a gauge. <laughs> yeah, a it's, been, it's been tough. You know, 
So we've had a lot of change. Um, what do you guys see coming? What do you What do you want to see coming? Because I, you know, the secret to a gogi, I think, the secret to the gym itself and the range. Mike and I talk about. We do what we want. I mean, we we've developed a place that we want to hang out at, right? Like it's the place we want to train and we want to hang out at. It's the place we want to shoot. It's cool to us that other people want to, but if nobody else did and I could come, somehow pay the bills, I'd just have it just the way it is. So, like, what do you guys want to see happen? Where do you see it needs to go? I would like to uh, see us take over the old Cabela's building. Yeah, I want that. I think it could happen. <laughs> I mean, you look over here on a Monday night or a Wednesday night, and uh, this place is packed. Yeah, every time we go, you know, every time we go bigger, we're like, oh, this is it. Is it no, nah, not really. I remember our first month when we were what the armory is now. It was like, how could you ever fill these mats? And it That's was right. Like, there yeah. were so many people first on the mats. They were like, crap, we're full. Yeah, you're you're <laughs> running into people won't rolling with them. You know, you're like, oh my bad, man, sorry. And this is a huge gym. I mean, yeah, it was ten thousand square feet, and I remember you know just sweeping the thing like when we were building it, going, I mean, we're never going to fill this place up. Like, what are we even doing here? I remember Rock Springs. I thought we were the next big shot How nice. in Rock Springs. It was, it was a nice little building, yeah. but it was tiny. And it was the same mats we got. In, you know, we that's where we started with the Dolmers. And, that's right. Know, I'm mad obsessed if people don't know. I, I love mats. But how did you? That was my first thought when I walked in, too. I was like, well, this is a tiny little place, but those are some damn nice two mats. Two-inch <laughs> Dolmers, baby, the Cadillac of mats. I mean, those mats, that was 11 gram worth of mats and about 1,200 square feet. <laughs> I know. I've complained so much, but when we went to those Fujis, I was just like, oh, can we get those Dolmers I'm buying the Sterling for the Fujis forever. <laughs> I, still, hurt. I still think that's why my knee's messed up. Yeah, we. that's why I only wrestle on. Now, my favorite mat right now is that wrestling mat because mm-hmm. it holds up so well. But that's why you don't see me on those Fujis. Like, oh, if man. you want to roll with me, you walk over to that wrestling mat, and yeah. you know, I'll wrestle. I'll train with you. But yeah, if you want me to get on those hard Fujis, you can go call Sterling and have him roll with you. I remember when we were up in East Ridge and we had the Dolomars. I, I had my wrestling class. I started up there, and I was running twenty twenty five people most classes. So it was a pretty good class. And when we moved into this building with the Fujis, it was just like, like maybe five or six people. Do you remember that night we thought I snapped my leg in half? Yeah. Dude, that, mm-hmm. was, that was the worst sound of it. Ever and there were, uh, there's like four people with that same story. Me too. Yeah. Like I was, somebody went in for a single leg and tried to do a weird trip and my knee just, it popped so loud, Stacy stopped his class to come check on me. Dude, I remember y'all turned and around he, and, and I was like holding my leg and y'all were like, dude. I didn't even want to look at my leg. It was one of those where you're just like sitting there. You're like, I'm going to look down and my toes are going to be facing the other way. My back was to you and I heard it and I didn't want to turn around. Yeah, so it's like, that's going to be nasty. Yeah, but it was a rough one. Luckily, it w- wasn't a break or anything. So. Oh, I don't know what it was though. My ankle pops every three steps now, but that's <laughs> it feels age. good. It, it feels fine now. <laughs> boy, motocross. Yeah, yeah, that was. I want to bring up, uh, I want to go back to the MMA thing because uh, I've been back here for. Constantly for about um, two and a half years now. And uh, we really didn't have MMA. I mean, me and Logan kind of did our thing, and then Larry kind of helped us out on the side. How did the whole MMA thing, when did it just pop off where we're like, we're getting a cage? Well, so Sterling started just, he converted a Krav Maga class to an MMA class. And 
You used it, to be it just was, me, Sterling, and Mike over there working yeah. too. And <clears throat> what happened is, as as that kind of developed, then all of a sudden, you know, we had Logan, and it's like we got to get training partners for Logan. Right. So you go and you get Greg and you know those guys, and they were great. And then Finney showed up, and you're like, "Well, this son of a gun, he's a stud." And as that group started growing, you're like, "Well, this is a real group." And it's like, "Well, if they had a few things." We could actually do this. And so just I think because I like the MMA guys so much. So when it when it kind of picked up a little bit, they were just really good guys. And, you know, it was Logan and Finney and you and, you know, I like Greg and I like Bubba, all those guys I just liked. And so, you know, while I never felt like MMA was going to make money, you guys paid, you know, at least your membership. Because we spend a lot in travel, and we don't That's true. we don't charge extra, so we just kind of ask for a membership, and we don't take a percentage. But we weren't an MMA gym then, so. But the gym was growing really fast anyway, and so. When we were looking at moving here, I mean, it just kind of made sense. Like this is doing well, and and it was also in the time when we started taking fights and we started winning with you, and then other guys started fighting and they were winning. And then all of a sudden, we're like at 85% win rate on fights. And then we go from like B-side to A-side, you know, with Valor. So now all of a sudden, we're getting a lot of fights. And then they're having their biggest year that they had ever had. And it's like, well, maybe we're pretty – and we still at this point don't have a cage, you know, and never had any of that. So when Aries came along, you know, it just kind of exploded. And the Chattanooga area got really hot for MMA. We kept growing. We kept adding people. And then – you know, it was weird. At the same time, we were kind of struggling in, in competition jiu-jitsu because nobody was really that interested in competing. And so, Except me at the time. Yeah, you were just back. But uh, Eli had kind of been like our main competition jiu-jitsu guy. That's true. And, and he was traveling and kind of doing his own thing. And so we just kind of had an opening for MMA. And it, man, I'm not a dummy. So <laughs> if we're winning a bunch of MMA fights – I'm going to just – and we're not competing much in jiu-jitsu, then, okay, we'll just be an MMA gym. It's what – we. it almost decided for us is kind of what I'm saying. Like, I didn't want it. I think God wanted it or the universe wanted it. It just had to be that way. So I think, um, too, you kind of touched on this, but when we had talked about not wanting to be an MMA gym just because of the culture, because every, every one of them I'd ever experienced, it's a very different culture than what uh, a gogi was. And I think when you came along, when you guys came along and, and some of the other guys, and it was like, okay, we do ha- kind of have this little group of MMA guys, and they kind of fit. Like, they're, they're, like they are part of this culture, and maybe this isn't such a, such a bad thing. So Yeah, I mean, it just kept going. It was funny because more and more of those guys started coming, and guys came that I wasn't sure I even wanted. And there's guys that probably were bigger names than any of y'all that wanted to come that I didn't take because – I mean, I just didn't care that much about MMA. It was more about the guys. And, like, when you guys wanted to do it, man, I wanted to help you. So, it kind of came down to that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You can't forget about Eli. <laughs> Eli was there from the beginning, too. You know, We're going to do an episode just Eli and Zane. When, I mean, <laughs> think about those two. When Logan left, all I had was Eli, right? So, funny story was me and Eli was at a friend's house. And if everybody knows Eli, Eli likes to run his mouth. Always been friends with Eli. 
but Eli's running his mouth like, dude, I can I can tap you out. And I'm like, bro, you're not training. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna submit you. And I was training probably I've been training for probably eight months at the time. Like I was fresh off that loss to Nick Martino. And uh, Eli's like, bet. So we were rolling in our friend's living room, and I submitted him like three times back to back. And Eli goes, when are you training? I said, I'm actually training Saturday morning. And it was a Friday night or something. He's like, pick me up. I'm go- I'm coming. I was like, okay, call me, and I'll pick you up. He called me. He was there that Saturday morning. And, never left. You know, never left, and – it was yeah, probably so, six months later, Eli was wearing me out. Well, it's funny because – so, Eli and Zane – so, Zane was there not the first few roles, but, like, he was a high schooler uh, training with us off and on, and then he went in the military. But Eli was the 15-year-old or so training with us when we were at the old high school. And Eli had really long hair. Scared. And he looked like the kid from, like, Third Rock from the Sun. You remember, like, the – that's an old yeah, reference, but like the little long haired, like little, <laughs> or better yet, like not Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, maybe the kid you remember uh, in Dazed and Confused, the you know the main character that's you know getting paddled or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> kind of remind me of that. But you would both of those that. really date you, by the way. <laughs> I, I, Dazed and Confused will be fantastic for yeah many years to come. And I'm I mean I'm fine with being dated. There ain't no hiding it. Uh, he was hilarious because you would destroy him every day. Every day you want to roll with me. Every day you want to roll with everybody. And you would just, you know, have him in mount because he's a child, basically. And he's like, I almost got you. Like, Eli, I tapped you ten times today. Yeah, I almost got you. He just had, like, what I call unreasonable confidence. And, every, you know, he was getting really good, and that's about the time his dad died. And when his dad passed away, you know, I think Zane was in the military and Eli disappeared for about a year and a half. And then that would have probably been about the time you trained with him right? in the living room. And then when he came back, he still had some of it, but he had grown into like a grown man. And so, I mean, we still destroyed him. It didn't but take him long, though, because I remember, you know, he came with me on a Saturday, open mat, and uh, and he never left. And I remember we trained jiu-jitsu all the time. You know, I, I maybe trained with him for – I was probably with you all for – a little bit. It was probably six months after that, and then I started traveling for work. But uh, we was watching the fights. It was the T.J. Dillashaw fight and Dominic Cruz fight. Dominic Cruz beat T.J. Dillashaw. That was awesome because I didn't like T.J. Dillashaw at the time. But right after that fight, Eli's like, let's go to the gym and train. And this was the gym in Rock Springs. Well, Y'all gave us a key because that's all we did was train. And uh, I think it was that He was moment. working at that vape shop across the street. Yes, right? he, owned, he owned a vape shop. Okay. And uh, I think it was at that moment, you know, we was training, and I was like, holy cow, I'm not going to be able to do anything with the lot anymore. No, he made so much, you know, that triangle came along so fast, and I would have to give him a blue belt to wear to go down to a tournament to win. And then he'd, he'd beat all the blue belts. And then pretty soon I'm like handing it you – know, Pretty soon we give him a blue belt, but then when I had to start giving him a purple belt to carry around. He he would take my purple belt down, hang into his knees, and go win a tournament. I mean, it, you know, he's just one of those kids that had it, and yeah. and now you know it's kind of funny that there's there's a new batch of kids that kind of have it. So who do you guys see coming up this next? You guys have seen a lot of guys. Obviously, we've got the studs that we know about, and let's talk a minute 
about Trevor and Finney because they're a different kind of thing. What's it like training with those guys every day? Because you guys came up when you're just training with us. I mean, you're training with, like, whoever we could throw at you, and now you're training with, like, UFC-level fighters. Yeah, it's insane. I told Trevor – the only reason I was doing MMA the other night because I hadn't done MMA, and I think Richard came up to me, and he's like, when's the last time you've been on the mats over here? And I was like, oh, probably, like, a few months or something. I thought it was, like, eight months, and uh, he's like, no, it was uh, when he was fighting, getting ready for Dustin Bailey. And I was like, that's been over a year. Yep. So, uh, I was like, no, I just – I told Trevor, I was like, I want to be able to get in shape again so I can spar you because – all he spars now is, uh, you know, Finney. Yeah, That's not a great sparring rails, partner no. for him. So, I was like, let me get in shape, and I'll be your sparring partner. And Because uh, I don't want to be a sissy. Well, willingly taking rounds with Trevor Peak, nobody's going to label you a sissy. No. Logan, you've had a lot of rounds with Trevor, as many as anybody. Yeah, lots of uh, grindy, gritty rounds. What's it like training with those two? Man, uh, you know, it's funny. I've really had a ton of rounds with Finney, too, because, yeah. uh, man, I can remember when Finney first came. And uh, I think I had – Finney Finney had started training when I, right before Bellator, right? Yeah. Somewhere so, in that time. Maybe I had met him one other time before I think that. he might have came in, like, early, because when did you fight in Bellator? It was, like, October of 2019. I feel like – what was the, the uh, Valor? 2020. It was, it was the 2020. Valor card where we went 3-0. and Remember that one? Um, that's when I fought. Yeah, you were on there. Ariaga, Greg, Greg fought uh, Jason King, and Bubba Cruz was losing. He had fought with COVID that night, was losing. Spending back, fist. Spending back, spending back fist. And we were 3 and 0. Oh. Finney had just started training then, because I yeah. remember I, he sat right Let me just me. say something about Bubba in that fight. I remember, you know, warming up with Bubba in the back, going, What is wrong with him? He's got nothing to do. He, he was cutting weight with a mask on. He was so weak. Uh, now, I didn't know COVID at the time, right? Well, I didn't either until obviously to should us. have told us, but whatever. But I'm just thinking he's like weak as well water, and he's normally just so explosive. And I'm watching the fight because we've got you about to go out, I think. So, or might have been Greg going out. So I'm I'm in the back, but I can, Greg, yeah. I can see the, the front. Fight. And I'm watching this terrible fight, and he looks terrible, and it's it's a rough fight, and he's losing. And I remember closing the curtain and then hearing a crack. And somebody asked me what happened. I was like, Bubba just won. Like, how do you know? I'm like, no other person in this building could make that noise. That's how I know. Because that crack sounded like a baseball bat hitting something. And Bubba's the only one in that cage that can make that noise. So he And I look out, sure enough, Bubba spinning back fist, the guy knocked him out. I mean, he is a freak at times. It was nasty. He can still come into this day and work me over. Like, like he just has that natural. Natural strength. I mean, he's just so good. And he, he understands, like, body, like his body mechanics yeah. are so good. Good wrestler. Funny um, funny thing about the end of that story, too, a week later we all had COVID. Yes. <laughs> oh, true, yeah. I definitely had COVID after that. That was yeah, um, worth but, probably 20 times. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember Finney coming in, and he was very new still, but, but he, was a, he was strong and didn't have much technique on the feet. But we were doing stand-up. I'm not going to wrestle. I've never been one to just want to wrestle with Finney, even before he knew much, you know. And we were doing stand-up, and me and him were just throwing down, man. It was like technique versus power. And I would hit him as hard as I could. Like, I didn't think he'd stay, honestly. Like, I was like, uh, you know, just another guy coming in, football player, UTC. We, how many of those guys did we have come yeah, through? Yeah, we've you know, lots. I, I'm at UTC, blah, 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 you know. 
I really didn't think I liked Finney as a person, but I didn't think he'd stay. You know, he was a young kid. Most didn't. And uh but man, he just kept showing up and uh, I took that break and then came back and he was just levels better. I was sold on him when he was now I didn't know how lazy he is at work. <laughs> <laughs> but he was working at FedEx getting up at like four in the morning and then he would come and he would be at the gym until we shut the thing down. And he was doing football practice. A wow. lot of times. And I was like, this kid, I'm sold. Like, I'll go all in on somebody that works this hard. Because I'm a sucker for hard work. That's uh, right. You want to know who I like? <laughs> it's easy. I like the hard workers. Yeah. You want to know who I have a tough time with? If you're lazy, you know, as a coach, I'm going to have a tough time with you. Me and you might get along personally, but it's easy to jump on, on board with a kid working that hard. Yeah, and uh, so so from that point on, me and Finney would, like, travel and – Hang, we just started hanging out. We were like the dynamic duo, you know what I mean? And uh, when y'all were living, you know, a lot of times there was a period where y'all lived together, right? Uh, were you in the same? I mean, yeah, at Jill's, didn't you both live in that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, you both lived at the gym. No, we didn't live together before that. We just hung out all the time. At the gym, you you both were in the gym at the same time? Yeah, we both lived in. You're Jill's. talking about East I'm Ridge. I'm talking about before, though, yeah. I'm just talking about in general. general. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, you're talking about, yeah, sorry. I was, I mean, y'all, y'all I got was still real a different tight. Story. You got so tight that y'all lived together. Yeah, you know, yeah, Not yeah. that you chose to, but yeah. you were both at the gym. Yeah. You were like, look, Trevor and Finney are super tight. Not that you and, and Finney and you and Trevor, you're tight with both yeah. those guys. But they're, like, always together now since they're both living there. Yeah. That's how you and Finney were for the first oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Y'all were side by side all yeah, the time. Yeah, I was still in a different time frame. In yeah, my head. <laughs> no, I was just thinking about how attached you two oh, were. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we, and it was funny because, you know, Finney, man, you wouldn't think that dude listens to country music. And we were just – we would be <laughs> going on the road singing all these country songs and fishing and stuff. It was a great time. And, uh, yeah, we just became really tight. And uh, we helped each other grow a lot, you know. Um, so I got in tons of rounds with Finney and then Trevor and me would still, you know, we were supposed to fight so long as like several times, you know, as the Amis after I won the title in Alabama and it just kept falling through. Something would happen. I wasn't fighting. He was, and he was, he was fighting. I wasn't fighting, you know, and, uh, we, 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 we still say to this day, it must've been a God thing, you know, Definitely we were just God not thing. supposed to like. You know, who cares when well, it might have been he might have not have ever come if he had had the fight with you. Yeah. You know, sometimes when know. you've had a fight with a guy in a gym, you just avoid that gym. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah, win, lose, draw, we just weren't meant to fight, you know. And um we we would still talk on the phone from time to time and I like you know, Miles was his cousin, me and Miles Miles was coming up here training before yep. Trevor and uh he finally got Trevor to start coming in and then me and Trevor started hanging out all the time too, you know, so it was me, Trevor and Finney yep. and uh you know, just getting tons of rounds in with Trevor. And Trevor came to the gym full-time when he was supposed to fight David Robbins. And, uh, you know, I won't go too deep into that. But, you know, it was a great fight. He won. Um, and you had trained with David before. Yeah, so. I had trained with David. So, kind of was able to mimic a little bit. And, um, you know, ever since then, man, Trevor's been here. And, and he's – Trevor and Finney have really, like, in my head, obviously surpassed me. And, and uh, like, maybe I laid that foundation. But – those guys are what it really looks like, you know, as far as a professional. I think, too, it's what it looks like when we don't make big mistakes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, as yeah. a coach, I have – I told – I've said this before. I don't have any regrets, really, in life for me, you know, how it's worked out, whether – you know, people ask, do you wish you fought, you know, you wish you had made a run trying to, you know, get to the UFC? I don't. You know, it's it's fine. 
Uh, do you wish you had done other things? No, I really don't. I have regrets as far as coaching, you know, how I I did. Not that I ever did wrong by you guys. I always well, did my best. But we, we, we as didn't you know. learn, you're like, know. man, I could do so much better now. Dude, we, we really didn't even have a gym. So, no, you know, didn't. like I'm so jealous now. I love it, dude. I, I love all the fighters here. I will help any fighter out here. Um, I'll put on gloves and get beat up with y'all for sure because – this, we didn't have that. Is, we didn't. We, have I that. didn't have we had that. Each other. Logan didn't have that, and all me and Logan had was each other, and sometimes Hank, you know, and yep. Hank was not the best sparring partner. Lots of for rounds me. with that guy. Lots I mean, still Hank. a rough round. I was, I was helping a guy. Guys like Hank said he was going light. I'm like, just understand that that doesn't exist. So Hank just was go going the light. best you can. Hank was going light off my head, <laughs> off of Larry's. Uh, he, Larry had like a mirror in his garage. Busted, like, I'm off the mat. I'm trying to get back on the mat, and Hank still hit me, and my head bounces off the glass and busts, busts this glass in Larry's garage. And, uh, yeah, that's Hank for you. But Hank's a stud. Um, I do want to touch on who do you guys see coming up? Who are you all excited to work with, and who are you excited to see? You talking about, like, young I'm talking youth? about from, from kids to, to adults. Who, who are you checking out? You got to like a rider. He's yeah. a killer, man. Uh, he came into our wrestling room at the City Club because we're coaching little kids wrestling. He came in there. He's training with killers at Cleveland, but uh, his dad brought him down there to work with us. And uh, this is his second year wrestling. End up winning state at wrestling. End up winning freestyle and Greco this year for, for the first time ever. And really just he's a jiu-jitsu. He is a he, purple belt waiting to be a purple belt. He's a phenom. You know, Kids that see him in jiu-jitsu tournaments, they're like, I don't want to compete. Like, they get scared because Ryder's going to take take your arm. And uh, he's a beast. I just hope he doesn't get burnt out because yeah, he too. has so much talent. And even you got to thank Angel, too. Angel oh, has so much talent. They're Sawyer, so, the batch of kids, it's almost hard to fathom. They're going to beat us up when uh, mm-hmm. they hit puberty. Uh, what I'm about guys? Coach? I'm just going to coach. At that point, I'm just going to take him. I'm going to go ahead and step off the mats. Look, I mean, you know, Jack just turned 16, and he's bigger than me, and you're like, like this is going to get unfair pretty quick. Yeah. When he gets his, like, like when he starts developing man muscle and stuff, dude, I'm, I'm not rolling well, with yourself. Look, anymore. from shark tanking him when I was trying, I was determined to get a tap, and I took two minutes and didn't get him. And, Mike, did you get him in your – You tired him out a lot. I mean, I, I, I was trying to at least put it on him, you know, to get him get him more out. But, yeah. Uh, oh, he was also he, he was okay kid. tapping to me. He did not want to tap to you. He is my kid, so <laughs> I'd have had to choke him unconscious to get him to tap. But, yeah. Uh, who else? Who else are you checking out? Man, as far as the MMA guys, obviously we got Ryder and Angel with all the kids coming up. Sawyer. Um, man, we got like Briven. Um, yeah. Briven has that. Briven is kind of the ego guy. But it's in a good way. He's and the he, Eli of uh, MMA. He he's really he's really taking it and he's turning it. People love him, man, and it's great, you know. And, uh, well, Eli is the he is the Eli of MMA, and I'm not trashing Eli because again I love Eli, but I'm trying to not make some of the mistakes that I made with Eli with Riven. You know, I look at them really as because they're so talented. They're a lot of light, yeah. And and you do have to handle them a little different. I'm not saying in a bad way. No, and, but you want to not make. But one thing Riven, about Riven, too, and I, I've told him this a couple of times, I'm really proud of him because of everybody in the gym, uh, fighter-wise, 
he does everything. He comes yeah. to gi class. He goes, obviously, to no gi class. He do, goes to wrestling. He does – he goes to everybody's classes and gets the best look from every single person. And, I mean, he's about to be a purple. Yeah, and yeah. if and if you're a fighter at a gogi and you're not doing that, then you're really selling yourself short. Yeah, he uh, – I can remember when he first started, man. He, You know, he loves stand-up. Yeah. And it's a different – he loves Larry, too, but – Larry stand up slightly different than the newer style, and uh, Brevin's really big into like more of the longer combinations and stuff. And I can remember whenever Brevin first started, man, he was like, "Man, I, we we didn't really have the MMA kicked off yet. Like we were just getting started." And um, talking about maybe like he didn't know for sure if this was his permanent home. And I was like, "Man, if you'll just stick around, you're you're gonna find your place here." And he really has, man. He has yeah. really stepped it up, and uh, I'm proud of him for that. Um, we got. You know, Richard's coming. Richard's a dog, man. He had some kind of crappy luck in his last fight, but I can really. Pro- I feel like I can. You help relate Richard. to that. I can I mean, help Richard through this, and and you know, I'm like like I've been there, and uh, I just I haven't got to talk with him a lot. I haven't been training as much lately, um, but I know when I come back, I'm going to be able to really kind of help him through that. When he's and a he, mentally tough guy, look, it, a fast knockout. I'm not going to say it. It was as short as. It was kind of bad timing also. But we know the guy goes to war every time. The one thing we know every single time Richard gets in a fight is it's going to be a war. That's right. So a flash, man, a flash is a flash. It's, it's kind of like Miles, you know, getting flashed out. Yeah. You hate it, but you just ha- kind of have to go back. And that was a great it. fight for Miles until he got yeah. caught. Well, this is the, how I've always described it. Is. Miles got to trust his grappling, and that's what I told him. You're a better grappler than you give yeah. yourself credit for. The way I say it is, man, because I had that happen to me. But I do blame a lot of it on being sick. When I had mine, I had a bad weight cut. I, I, but I'm not going to make a million excuses, right? I still I, I chose to step in there to fight. One thing I'll say is uh, sometimes we say, oh, that was an early stoppage. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But if I had done that to him, would we be saying early stoppage? Never. We would say, that's man, right. you knocked that dude. You knocked that dude out. That's what we would say. That's, how, that, that's exactly. So we just had to accept it for what it is. And move forward. And uh but yeah, other than that, man, we got Josh Booker. He's a stud, dude. He's really stepped his training up. Um man, uh Andrew Carter. Um Carter looked great in his last Carter I hate awesome. Andrew didn't get to fight. That, that, Carter that was looked kind of really a bummer. Good. Carter looked yeah. great. I mean, very composed. Carter used to be more of a brawler and Carter really showed composure. I fought like a pro. Yeah. For yeah, his he pro took debut, his time. He, he didn't fought run like out there and just try to knock he he found a pace. It wasn't early. He he knocked the dude out pretty quick, but he he dissected the dude, figured out his mistakes, and and that left hook led to it. You know what I mean? He 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 knocked that dude out. All these guys, their their last fights. If you look at Riven, Zane, Carter, and even even Finney's last fight. What I like is how much progress these guys are making. That that's not little changes. That's that's drastic Huge. progress between fights. Zane was the biggest. Zane's last fight was a night and day difference. Yeah, when he was. He's cool as, as can be in the cage. I wish I was like that. And I'm he's not. developing a character yeah. for himself, kind of this redneck. You know, <laughs> I've like, never seen somebody like him that can turn the switch off and on so easily. Yeah, you just see guys that like it takes them so much time. Like Brevin's a good example. Like he has to take so much time to get in the zone. Yeah. Zane's just like cutting up with you on the way into the cage, and then he gets in there and boom. boom it's on. He's I know he did Sandman, but honestly, it should probably be Iceman because for it, sure he is cold. Yeah. Yeah, um, Zane's a killer, and he he don't have knockout power because he won't, he's getting in the weight room with Nikki now, so he may develop some knockout. That's power. true. You talking about uh, you talking about that switch turning on and off, 
Zane can do it just like flipping the light. light I struggle. On. I struggle with that. It oh, takes. We've me. talked about it for years. It, like, it, how do you get in the right mindset? When I show right? up, I'm there, and and it's it's a bad night. You it, want me? It takes me. It takes me a month to get there. I remember Richard said something about it. He's like. I thought you was just a douchebag when I first met you because we was training for that second fight, yeah. you know, because I lost to George Lowe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, little did. Yeah, and talk about hitting the wrong zeros. Dude. Zero. Well, I shouldn't have took that fight. No, you should have in a, in a bigger weight class. Bigger weight Real class. Quick, that was dumb. Short notice. Yeah. yeah. but And wasn't that when George Lowe, like nobody really knew anything we about didn't him know yet? Zeros. He was uh, one voice sparring I mean, partner at the time. No, he's not. It's crazy. That guy, I would have. I would have told you he'd have been in the UFC. Definitely would have been in the UFC. You're sure he's not fighting? Sure, 100%. Dang, man, that sucks. That dude is crazy. He was talented. Yeah, Um, but uh, I wasn't going to fight again until Logan Logan signed me up for a fight without my permission. I actually did. I said, we got Dalton Smith. And Dalton was like, what? And he went and destroyed the guy. And look, look, we all know in the room, nobody wants to line up with Dalton. No. And he just had the worst freaking luck. But he fought first two fights you could have. I mean, for his first fight. Those first two were just the worst draw. Uh, he looked great in the last one. But if it wasn't. How'd that feel? It felt great. But if it wasn't for Logan, I would have never done it. You because didn't I just didn't care. I just didn't care, man. Like, uh, I, even for the George Love fight, would I ever would have won that fight? Probably not. I just wouldn't. He was way bigger than me. I, I couldn't do anything with him. But my mom wasn't there for that fight. I forgot I did that to you. I'm sorry. I was thinking about work, <laughs> you know. And yeah. then uh, – Logan's like, hey, man, forget forget about that. We're, we're going to get you an opponent at your weight class. You're going to fight at your weight class. Let's go. And I was like, no. And he goes, hey, man, I got you a fight. Uh, be at the gym. And uh, I started training. <laughs> but it does. It takes me time. I have to – my mind has to change. And I, I'm a different person if I'm trying to fight. Because I can't be I can't be kosher with you if I'm trying to fight you. I'm, I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. And uh, – I don't and know how Zane does it. You've had all different – you've had approaches where you've just tried to get in the mindset of killing the guy, trying to be chill, trying to be focused. You know, I think we've played around with mindset probably more with you than anybody. It is weird, yeah. And we talk about, you know, when you're going, like I said, you're like cowboy. You're going to walk out there. If On a good night, you're giving anybody in the in the country a fight. Yeah. And then you just got to make sure it's that night that you're – Yeah, be. yeah I've, I've definitely still got to learn that. And – you know, like I have so many different styles. It's like, like I can, I can be so many different ways. In the let me case. put it on record because I've told you a hundred thousand times, and we got to wrap this podcast up. What Logan has is elite cardio. So where Trevor's got a right hand, like the hand of God, Finney's got to take down that nobody can stop. Logan has world class cardio. We just can't get it out of him in the style because he needs to be a pressure fighter, throwing volume. Corey Sandhagen cutting angles because your your striking's clean, you know, and your wrestling's good and your jujitsu's good. You're good all the way around. And when you mix it up, and you go full speed at a guy, they break. Now he loves throwing that those big punches, and he loves a fight, and he loves the crowd, and he loves putting on a show, and all those things come in it. But I still think Logan's got one more big run. And when he does, he's going to be a pressure fighter that mixes his takedowns and throws volume and has elite cardio. And we're going and to see how – grappling game if it goes to the ground. And yeah. by the time that happens – I will say since my last fight, I feel like my grappling is just like 
You choked me unconscious, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's weird to talk I mean, about. I don't even like looking <laughs> you in the eye when we talk about it. Hey, Matt's like the father figure. You don't want to disappoint, you know what I mean? People that's like, a, you ever choked anybody out? I'm like, no. no you got look, you <laughs> got the best one. I mean, it was one of those days where I didn't want to be on the mat. I was thinking about over here, and I'm just doing the whole thing where I lay there and let guys attack me and just defend and don't, you know, don't do a lot, but don't get tapped. And I remember he, he's, he did exactly what I taught him. And I was like, well, that was good. You just did what we showed. And I was like, well, let's see see how far you get. And then I start turning away to start kind of getting the pressure off. And next thing I know, I'm like, my eyes are not working. <laughs> like, that gum. Like, I got to open my eyes. And then he's like, your eyes were open the whole time. <laughs> I was like, "This is this is the most." I was terrifying. like, "I could feel like I'm on reset mode, like something, you know." And then I was like, "Yeah." So that happens, and I, I step back like five feet. I've heard stories of Matt going to sleep before, and the way he explodes up, and I'm like, "Matt is gonna fucking." Kill. I mean, sorry for the cuss word. He's gonna he's gonna kill me. But <laughs> so I'm standing. It was, it's like poking a bear with a stick. I'm like, "Hey man, you good? Hey, wake <laughs> up, Matt. You're good, man. You're good. Wake up." And when he came to, he just had this look in his eyes. I was like. Shit, like you good? And he was like, "No," and I was like, "Okay." And he walked off the mat, and I was like, "This is gonna be awkward." Like, I, I really felt like I was gonna walk into the locker room and just get ambushed. The way he looked, at me. <laughs> like I was like, "I've got an ass whooping coming." No, I was literally out. thinking that's why you don't roll when your mind's not on it. That's why you've, you know, when you're doing it, you got to be paying attention and and really be present because you can't just be doing two or three things in your head thinking about other things. I mean, Logan's about to get his purple. He should have been a purple belt a long time. He has this amazing ability to miss at the right time so he doesn't get promoted. <laughs> Sandbagger. And uh, I actually was going to give it to him in this in this podcast, but we didn't get video on and I didn't want to give it to him without video. So he's getting a, a purple soon because I just felt guilty about having him in talking about the first Agogi MMA <laughs> fight and then going blue belt, blue belt Logan deal. But you I know, did you're compete fun, at purple at my last turn. You did, and you did well. And so you're getting a purple, and I'm I'm proud to give it to you. But a lot of that was because you've been focused on MMA, and you don't need to get a belt for MMA. Oh. You got to focus on the things that are going to win you a fight, which are very specific and may not cover enough to get you a purple. And August will be a full year since I fought. That's, and that's and this past year, you put a lot of jiu-jitsu yeah. in. And that's, Only jiu-jitsu. I haven't sparred. In, I mean, I think I sparred a little bit a few weeks ago. But Well, I know everybody's got to get on the mat. we got competition class. We've talked a lot, and it's gone a long time. But it's been fun. I'm, You know, you two guys are like kids to me. You know, I, I used to say little brothers, but I'm, I'm past that. It's you know, y'all are like my kids, so it's fun to have you on. I'm proud of you. I'm glad that you're doing well, and, and it's fun that you're still around after after 10 yeah. years, and, and we got 10 more at least. That's so, right. Uh, Agogi's, you know, it's going to go a long way, and, and you guys are a big part of it, so I appreciate you guys. All right, let's get on the mats. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.